Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts, either through their industry insights, information, or simply learning from them. And today we have Britton Williams, Wealth Advisor, and we'll be talking to, uh, to him about how one can have a good quality of life, high quality of life in retirement. Welcome to the show, Britton. Uh, so great to be here, AJ. Thank you. Thank you. And it's nice to have you on the show. So firstly, you know, just to understand from, uh, from you, uh, you focus uh, specifically on the pre-retirees over the age of 50. Why right. did you specifically, specifically decide to go for this particular section of people? Yeah, so over 50, it tends to be a critical time in a person's life. Uh, we, it's, you're entering the kind of the, the end of that second chapter of one's life. In the first chapter, you're, you're learning what you want to do. You go through school. You find what your career path is. You, you get married, maybe. You have kids, perhaps. You, then you, you, you excel in your career. You have to fund their college, you have to, or, or they're, they're after high school, whatever they want to do in life, you're there for their children until they're 18, 20, 22 years old. And then you get into your thirties and, and you're high earners, you're in your forties, you're starting to enjoy life. And then all of a sudden you wake up, you're 50 years old, you've, you've saved some money into your 401k, your employer has helped you put some money away. Um, Maybe you've got some other uh, savings and inheritance, and there the next path ahead of you is retirement. It's in the distance, but you don't know how to get there. And there's a lot of moving parts. And so, what I've ex- experienced with clients, and I've got some stories to share, but they come to us with a sense of urgency and concern about whether they will be okay. And the good news is, is they still have time. And they haven't made a bunch of mistakes, perhaps, because when you get into your 60s, you have these pressures in the U.S. to maybe take Social Security and and you can take it at different times. Maybe you have a pension. You can have different options around that pension income. Maybe you take the lump sums. You have all these different decisions to make that set yourself up for the next third chapter of your life, hopefully and well into your 90s. And but you're no longer potentially working. And so there's a lot of unknowns. Uh, we have a lot of set forth for us in the early part of our lives, the different options, different career paths. But when it comes to retirement, we're kind of all our own, always there. We're on our own of what we've built to that point. And so there's a lot of mistakes that can be made uh, on in that uh, tr- uh, pivotal moment. And so, you could, it doesn't have to be over 50, but that's typically the average age. You're heading into retirement, you're 10 to 15 years out. That's who we work with. And there's a lot of opportunities for us as professionals. Our, we focus on Calameda Wealth, retirement planning or financial planning for all of our clients. And, you know, it, it, it goes beyond just the investments. Uh, we can talk about that in a little bit, but it really simplifies to just four areas. We integrate and coordinate all forms of planning. There's cash flow management. That's one. There's investment positioning. That's two. There's a third piece that's 
Um, that's tax planning. And then the fourth piece is estate preservation. But it goes back to the client's lives. And I want to make sure that's clear because I want to, I love the conversations around the lifestyle and what they want to do. And that's what I get to revisit with those pre-retirees heading into retirement or what they like to do when they were younger. They forgot about how to enjoy life sometimes. Um, and so, you know, that's really why, you know, it drives me and there's also an opportunity to help others in that area. And it's mutually beneficial for both of us. Right, right. So at the age of 50, you want them to get back to school and to understand about their own finances, which is the right thing to do. They should have been there uh, much, much earlier on. Even people in the financial line uh, who are, but they are not prepared for retirement. So to understand from you, uh, Britain, is that what are the things, uh, common financial issues that pre-retirees deal with so that even those who yeah. are in the late 30s or early 40s, they know about it much early on so that by the time they come to you, when they are 50, 49, 50, they are in a better position for you to handhold them in a better manner so that you can give them the life that they want to live when they retire. Yeah, there's so much to do, but there's a lot of it's in people's ways. So that's, I'll start with some of the common mistakes that I've seen along the way and, and barriers in, in my experience. And one of them is just not being able to cut out the noise and all the information, talking heads on TV. And so a lot of the stressors that, that we have are manifested through what we're, what we're being told or what we're hearing, what we want to hear. And so our biases are confirmed and so forth. So anyways, that's one of the things that challenges that I see is, is are they really stressed out about the investments or, or what's going on in their financial lives or is it what, what they're being fed uh, on the internet, on TV, social media, and so forth. So that's, 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 a, that's top of the list. Other one is just simply not planning for it and hoping for the best. We get into these rhythms of life and set it and forget it. And we forget that you know, there's, there, there's a need to, to, to put together a plan and also update it periodically to make sure the assumptions that we're using, life shows up. That's really what's dictating where we're heading. And so oftentimes, um, you know, I'll run into a lot of people who like to do it themselves. And that's fine. Do it, and that's works for a long time up until the point where you have to make some really tough decisions and coordinate everything along the way. So I would suggest you know, definitely saving towards retirement, you know, 10 to 15% uh, of your, of your, uh, what you're making, but, you know, making sure that you have, you're willing to talk with somebody and you're open to suggestions from a financial professional that fits your needs. Cause there's different people in this industry and it's good. It's important to, to pair up with somebody that, 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 um, yeah, that's the, that you're going to get along with. Now, when it comes to you know Social Security, there's different options with that. And the earliest you can take in the U.S. is 62 years old, and there's different times to do that. So you want to run that by a professional just because there's so many different variables. And, and not to get into the weeds and the technical difficulties, but also some tax planning strategies. Those are some mistakes that I've seen people ignore early retirement because you're making money. And you're going from a high earner, a high tax bracket, 
And then all of a sudden you drop. And so there's opportunities on both ends of that spectrum to take advantage of them, to be aware of things not to do before retirement, things to do once you're in retirement to take advantage of what you're now into a lower tax bracket. One of them being is uh, they're called Roth conversions. And that's converting your your pre-tax savings into tax-free income. And that's going to be more beneficial to do when you're in a lower tax bracket. And so well, I'll do an analysis to see what the impact is of that. Because typically you're we want to see where your tax bracket is into retirement, if it's going to increase, but it's lower on the front end. There's some opportunities in the first few years. And that window is pretty short. Um, another thing is to refinance their house and they take out a 30-year mortgage. So it's common to be roped in, especially when rates were very low up until this year, to refinance your house over the past few years, past couple especially. And lenders are very good at selling you on that 30-year mortgage, which isn't going to be beneficial if you're 50 years old. Because we lose sight of the point of like paying this debt off prior to retirement. That debt becomes a big cost, even when it's a mortgage. And I understand the philosophy differences of it being good debt, but my experience is there are two big expenses in retirement for retirees, and that's debt and taxes. And if you can start to lower those two, that would provide you more to spend on your lifestyle and the lives that you haven't really visited in a long time. Because you'll be on a more fixed income. You're not going to be on this accelerated growth earning power that you have uh, while, while you're working. So that, that's another piece of it with the mortgage and the debt. It is a good idea to align that term on the mortgage when you expect to retire. So I'm 41. I'm going to, I don't know when I'm going to retire, but I'm not going to refinance on another 30 years, maybe 15 or 20. Another mistake that I've seen is that we love our kids. We want to put them first. But when it comes to paying for university, college expenses, and, the, and their future, there's a balance between that and retirement savings and funding. And knowing what your philosophy is on how, what you want to spend, you and your spouse want to fund, it's important for that conversation to be had with with a financial advisor, but more importantly, not sacrificing your retirement saving for your kid's college. There's a saying that you can borrow for college, but you can't borrow for your retirement. Now there is this issue with a lot of debt, especially in the US when it comes to college. And I'm not a big fan on taking a lot of debt out for it, but there's a lot of other funding sources like grants, scholarships, um, that that you have access to, you don't have access to that for you, for your own self in retirement. So putting the kids first is that it, a bit of a paradox there. So I want to be aware of that. That's a mistake that I see happen a lot because there's a big range of 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 costs when it comes to different schools, and each school has different endowments and, and willingness to, to provide resources for the children so i want to make for the students so i want to make sure you look into not just where the your kids want to go to school but also you know what you can afford and what what's available to you through through the aid at these schools 
Um, right. Yeah. And then another thing is just the, when it comes to the investments, you know, one thing that I want to make, this is probably the one most important thing that I've seen that's misunderstood and overlooked when it comes to planning over the years into retirement is not acknowledging the risk. And if you don't manage this risk, it can implode your whole plan. And I see most clients early on when I first speak with them, they're, they're taking too much risk with their, their, their retirement savings. And so we have to go through that and, and make sure it's more in line. For example, I was meeting with a client, a new client this past fall at the top of the market. He was hundred percent equities and stocks and, and I immediately got him rebalanced into a more, more, uh, an allocation is more in line with his risk. Uh, markets dropped 20 plus percent since then. You know, I don't have a crystal ball, but at the end of the day, he didn't need to take that much risk. And so that's, that's important to acknowledge with the financial advisor. Right. Right. Britain. Now let's go a bit early on in one's life is that you talked about a lot of noise from everywhere. Uh, now, and then there is already, it's an understandable, understood thing that there is so much in this whole industry is plagued with greed. And people, there is so much of talk about mis-selling and pushing uh, products, even by several financial uh, advisors. It's right. everywhere. Even in India, we have seen that happening. And then there is this new concept now that people have to be, you know, much more much more registered they have to declare and there are much more checks and balances but at the end of the day it's never going to be that utopian world uh, that we may think of but when checks and balances are there there can be a better situation but how can a person cancel that noise that's always around him or her when they are in their 30s or even in their 40s and think about hmm. a stage in life where they may not be earning as much mm -hmm. after a particular point in time. And when do they know at that time, when they still have time, yeah. that how much money is enough for them to retire with? Otherwise, that whole calculation goes heavy. And then suddenly when you are 50 or you move beyond that, then you start uh, looking at, for a financial advisor. So several questions at the same time, but just, you know, you can put all your knowledge uh, to help people understand, not just in the US, but other places also, even in India, how to be aware about such things. Yeah. What are the things that they can do early on when they still have time? How do they do that? Yeah, I think that I like simple plans. And this is borderless. I think that there's a lot that we do that's specific to to the U.S., but I think the philosophy can be uh, laid out anywhere. And I think the earlier start, the better. And my experience is that when we're young, that's really when we need some of the guidance along the way, because there's so many life transitions. And so what I would suggest is having a savings plan early, even in your 20s, before you have kids, before you're getting married, before you have all these other expenses, and to have this habit of 
you've got an account at least at the bank that you're saving towards. More importantly, you're investing it and it's growing. And learning a little bit about the investing earlier, having somebody like a financial advisor, because there's a lot of options uh, out there, at least in the US, that, that you can find somebody to work with you even when you don't have a lot of money. But let's say you don't and you got to do it yourself. Put away 10 to 20% of what you're earning and have that constant and live off of the balance to fund your life, the lifestyle that you have. And then when you meet somebody and you get married and you have kids, you keep that 10 to 20% savings rate going into your savings account or investments. Again, it's important to invest it so you're keeping up with inflation, which is a, we all deal with that. And so like, that's a simple approach to it that I would do. Um, but there's also, you know, definitely some questions if you're not familiar with how to invest that you want to get answered by a professional, but at least you're, you have this muscle that you're, you've developed and you're starting to exercise that you're, you're saving towards the ret- and it doesn't have to be for retirement, but it can be for your lifetime goals along the way. Because when I'm 20 years old, it was hard to convince me to, to start saving for retirement, even at 30. But you're starting to build your wealth along the way. And so having, and, and when it comes to the noise, AJ, I think that it's important to, to acknowledge that it's noise. There's a lot of, and, and why is it, why are they on TV? Like there's there's a there's a reason why they're out there and, and and asking yourself how are they making money? Well, they're selling ads. It's theater. A lot of it's theater. And I'm not gonna name any names, but it, it's it at the end of the day, our eyeballs are buying it. So it's and so there is a lot of information out there, and we can get sucked down into it. And so just to find a trusted source is good to anchor yourself to that plan. And that's going to be like a financial advisor to help you along the way. Even a little bit of advice would help. Um, you don't need to meet with him all the time, but him or her will be able to help you, you know, guide you along the way. And I think the openness to that is important. A lot of people want to do it themselves. They think they know how to do it. And then greed sets in. I think you mentioned a really good point. There's two emotions that control the markets, stock markets, it's really greed and fear. Okay. We saw that play out this past couple of years. Last year, we saw the climactic push of greed, and now we see the fear set in this year, at least in the U.S. And I think that it's important to be aware that we can really get hypnotized by that and sucked in. Uh, so it's important to, have, to stick with your plan and not get too... Um, greedy what you're what you're investing in Um, but as far as like what you're saving for I mean I don't like to always use the word retirement especially with with younger folks so it's important to just just having a habit of saving and investing early on is important Um, and then also you know meet with a financial advisor right right now let's look at things from the retiree perspective okay uh, you talk about financial concerns of retirees, especially four biggest financial concerns that they have. 
if you talk about it now perhaps the younger people by the time they come to uh, to that stage they would have taken care of these concerns earlier on so that's why i ask trying to put the yeah. not so old and the young together so that when they make that transition or that journey towards that phase of life whether you call it retirement or to achieve life goals as life expectancy is going up then they they would save themselves from those concerns when they actually come down to that that particular stage yeah i think that integrating and coordinating those areas that i mentioned early on and i'll list them again the first one is cash flow management okay and i'll go through each one real, real briefly and that's just really how much money you need now and later that's your spending that's how much you're making from your job and how much you're spending on expenses and so managing that cash flow is important uh, in other words you you can take on a lot of debt for example uh, and leverage yourself to the point where you you don't have any more money left so it's important to to have a balance there with the cash flow the second piece is the investments we just talked about that and and making sure that you have risk adjust, uh, a, you have a, your risk managed in in those investments and then the third one is tax planning and making sure you're you know you're aware of of not just how you're filing your taxes, but what opportunities you can take to to when it comes to taxes. And the th- second and the third, the fourth one rather, um, is everything you own. So it's the estate preservation and preserving it along the way. And in the U.S., you you, you want to have insurance to to protect that. And we're a fee only uh, independent advisor, and we don't make money on these commissions on, on insurance products, but we want to make sure you get the right amount. So it's important for you to acknowledge like what, how much you need for like life insurance uh, and other forms of insurance and making sure you have a, a will to make sure that things, your assets pass to, to people, your friends and family that you want. And so the coordination of those areas is, is where you have a, somebody who's a fiduciary, who's working for you in your best uh, interest at some point in time in your life. But even before that, you at least know that there are four areas. Any decision that impacts you financially will fit somewhere in those four financial quadrants. Um, right. And so when you get to the retirement phase, you have that awareness and you've got this plan somewhat intact. In so the earlier you start, the better. And a lot of times... You know, a lot of these decisions won't come up until later on. But at the same time, you have all these life is in charge. So things are out of your control every day. And it's important to not just stick with one plan and not pivot. So it's important to be open to change. Right, right. And along with all these suggestions, where does your compass approach fit in? That wealth uh, management uh, approach that you have developed uh, with people. Your yeah, that's a great, um, glad you asked, AJ. The, so the, the financial compass is something that we came up with through our experience with working with clients. And it's essentially acknowledging that we want to focus on what's out of order in your life. And so there's really three different sections to this compass. There's restoring order, there's financial peace and then lifestyle objectives. And so when I 
go into a meeting with somebody, especially if I don't know a lot about their story, we all have things that keep us up at night. And a lot of times that goes back to our finances, but we may not be aware of that. And there may not be, there might be a financial solution to that. And so these barriers that we have in our way, we wake, like we can't sleep at night, you know, our minds are racing for whatever reason. And then you wake up and maybe it's still stirring around. Maybe it wanes and it comes back. Maybe it's buried for weeks. And so I want to know what's going on deep inside my clients because that tends to be a barrier that uh, that needs to be acknowledged and, and they can pass through and really enjoy their lifestyle objectives, their goals in life, especially with retirees, because that's really where they're what this is all about is to enjoy life. And so, you know, for example, I met with a couple the other day and they they both work, both have jobs one's a teacher uh one works at a bank both have a couple of kids under the age of 10 they both have retirement savings and you know i so they've got a really good path ahead of them to to get to retirement but they don't always have the opportunity to talk because she travels he teaches and they're raising kids and and so um and but because they have kids, like that's something that is different for everybody when it comes to paying for their college and, and funding it. And so we were talking about college planning and the wife's feelings and having to pay for their child's college. She didn't have to pay for her college, uh, and but the husband had to work through college. So now financially, I could could say, you know, you should do this, but I want to acknowledge their philosophies and their situation may be different from another client's. So financial planning is more of an art form in this example. And that is a very sensitive topic when it comes to paying for a children's college, at least my experience. And so knowing that, that and so I knew that nothing was gonna be resolved on this call, but there could be something we could walk away from it on common ground. But first thing you respect both of their views. And, and so, in the U.S., there's a, a, a an account called a 529 plan that you can save towards it as tax benefits to it. And then there's a balance of saving also towards uh, what's called a taxable account, which is an individual account or joint account that they can start savings towards. And so while we were talking in this, this meeting, the husband sent me a, a text message and said, let's move on from this topic because they're not on the same page. <laughs> you know, this is a virtual meeting. So we weren't in, in person. And so I knew to quickly bring it, bring it in for a landing. But my point is that that was the, something was out of order here. And we would need to have another conversation about it too, but it's in something's in their way when it comes to, 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 to college planning for them. But let's end on, on what we can all do today. And that was to just start saving some amount per month towards this goal. And then, you know, going towards, that's an example if you have kids, but, you know, we all have anxieties and, and stressors in, in the world that impact us and keep us up at night. And so I'm trying to have those conversations with my clients and, and addressing it through those four financial quadrants of, is there a solution? Now, I don't have a solution for everything. I mean, we all have, 
things that come up all of a sudden in our lives. I have a lot of clients who, who are taking care of their older parents and long-term care expenses in the U S is very, very high, but it's not just a financial burden, but it's an emotional one as well. And so it's, it, and it's a new unexpected event that may come up that all of a sudden they have to spend a large percentage of their time caring for their parents away from their jobs, away from their kids. And, and so that's something that it's important for me to acknowledge that ahead of time, because I know they're heading that potentially direction at some point in their life, but sometimes it's all of a sudden. And so bringing it back to the lifestyle objectives, that third area is broken down by essentially financial goals. And what would you like to be doing? Like what would give you joy in life? What is, these are questions that I would ask my clients is like, what would, what would you like to be able to do? What was, what's your ideal day look like in retirement? And so it's trying to address the clouds in our lives and bring it to the sunny, sunny part. But I've, I, I feel like I, I help them re- acknowledge where they are, some solutions to, to any issues, and then really to, to, to start talking about what they like to do with their time, whether they can do it or not in this moment. But let's set it up as a goal to, to go on that trip to Scotland or, or to Australia. Maybe it's two to three years away. And maybe it just seems impossible right now because of what's going on. But let's not forget about it. And a lot of times the, the they don't have the couples they don't have time to acknowledge it because they're so emotionally and financially engulfed in in what's out of order. And so that's the financial compass. It's more of a mindset than anything. But we do have a diagram one pager that we use in some of the meetings. Right. Right. Uh, now, uh, Britain, in terms of, you know, uh, uh, there, is, there are a lot of young people, especially in today's time, who are, you know, uh, doing a lot of independent work. You people work with a lot of people who have got, you know, proper jobs, who are, and then they retire. So there is at least a lot of uh, some wealth, good amount of wealth that needs to be managed. But younger lot who believe a lot of people are doing independent work as consultant, freelancers, and a lot of people are believing in that concept of the great resignation, living the life that they want. And then there are many people, or especially youngsters, who believe that, you know, that is the term called YOLO. You only live once. (laughs) And then uh, in in that whole aspect of living for the day, you forget about tomorrow. Right. Where they don't, how, what would you advise this huge portion of people who are thinking just for today, maybe tomorrow, but not the day after? How do they, how, what they can learn from you in terms of, you know, wealth management, so as when they come to that particular stage in life, then they have enough wealth for you guys to manage. Otherwise, when there is no wealth, what exactly will you manage what would you tell them how should they look at the future in terms of uh planning in terms of financial planning yeah that's a great question and what what i would say 
they may not listen to it and, and take take action to it. But my my understanding is, you know, when it when it comes to um, I think of crypto, I think of the retail traders, I think of the bright, shiny objects that when we have a little bit of money early on in our lives that we want to buy it, especially when other people are doing it. And there's a certain feel good to that. And there is a certain comfort because other people are doing it. And that kind of confirms that this is the right thing to do. And there's not, and there's a lot of, you know, credentialed people who are validating some of these investments. And I'm, you know, I, I've been open to, to crypto, for example, as a potential you know, technology for the future. But just like the, it reminds me a lot of the dot-com uh, stocks in the late 90s, early 2000s. I was around for that crash. It ended the same way this is ending at the moment. And it goes back to greed and fear. So what would I suggest they do is turn off that noise and not invest everything in one thing. When it comes to those high-risk investments, and there's more than the ones I just mentioned, but we all know what they are. I like to keep it between one and 5% of what your total portfolio is. And that doesn't matter whatever amount it is. Really 1% is what, when it comes to crypto and other risk investments, if you invest in it at all. But because you just don't, there's so many losers that are going to come out of this and and so it's important that, and that's outside of like buying material objects like cars and watches and things like that that don't don't bring any sort of return to your invest to your to your wealth. So building your wealth is buying something that's going to appreciate, provide cash flow now and later. And so there's there are index funds that you can purchase that are lower risk. And, in the U.S. and there are mutual funds and 401ks that you just start saving. You just start putting it away. You're not thinking about it. You're not trading it. You're investing it for the long term. And if you start young and you just let it go, it's boring. It is compared to the excitement of, of, the, of when it comes to that, those big volatile moves. But it's going to build your wealth over the long term. And I think that, you know, Buffett said at best, Warren Buffett, that people don't get rich because they don't have the patience to get rich, to build wealth. It just takes time. And so the noise, we all have to figure out a way to cancel that out. But we have current events that are proving that it was just a lot of noise that's been going on. And, and when it comes to unregulated investments, I would stay away from them because even those who are running these companies could not know what really is going on. And that's been kind of, it's going to be, I guess, come out and uh, proof in the pudding. But I think that it goes back to starting young 
start saving 10 to 15%. If you can do 20%, that's great. But I think you got to meet with somebody who's an advisor to give you some objective advice along the way, because I don't know your personal situation. And so this isn't financial advice here, but it's just, you know, some, some suggestions that I've seen that's worked, but really want to acknowledge that risk. And that's what we're talking about here is, 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 you know, living in the moment by all means, enjoy that moment and, you know, take some risks along the way. But the money that we put into some of these risky assets, we have to be prepared to lose. And, especially when we go all in like that's we have to expect that that outcome not the outcome of thousands of percent of a return that we may be uh, marketed as if it sounds too good to be true it probably is right right uh britain you are attached with uh, associated with kalamita wealth management now it took you quite some time to find this sort of a firm which was aligned to the principles that you wanted to live with and align yourself with a company. How do people find the right place or advisors for themselves like you found for yours to be, you know, to work work with? How do it? Is it such a difficult task to actually, you know, find the right advisors in an industry, as we uh, earlier talked about, is also plagued with so much of, you know, greed. How does one do that in these times? Wow, it's a great question because, AJ, there are a lot of different financial advisors. When it comes to making money, like we all want to make money. I'm just human when it comes to that. So you want to know how your financial advisor is, is making money. I think that's important to know because there's a lot of different sources of revenue in this industry alone, like all industries. Um, there are guardrails and regulations in the U.S. that when it comes to uh, investment advice, we are strictly regulated. So there are things that we can't do for money. But there, we are a fee-only independent advisory firm at Calameda Wealth. And, you know, we when it comes to fee-only, that's how we make money. And so this fee that we charge is just on the assets under management that we're managing or we could charge for financial planning. But if if we're managing your investment assets, we're not going to be charging for financial planning. We're just going to do it for all of our clients. Very few of our clients do we charge for the financial plan. That's usually those who just don't have enough for that, that assets under management relationship. So if you're looking for an advisor, you ask yourself, what do you need? So if you're early on and you're still building that wealth, then looking for a fee-only advisor it could be a solution in the U.S. of somebody who's just making a fee on their advice that they're giving you or the services they're provided. What they're not making money on are commissions on products like insurance, annuities, and investment products. That, in our opinion, prevent, uh, uh, presents a, a conflict of interest. So if I give advice to my clients, I don't have to ask myself how much money I'm going to make on this advice. And it's kind of setting ourselves up as true fiduciaries. Not that it's a bad thing to make money on these products, by all means, sell these products, but it depends on what you're looking for. And so if it comes to this particular piece of, of, of 
of your life when it comes to like managing your wealth and doing the right thing for you, then I feel like it's, it's going to find a fiduciary who's, who's, who's in the role of doing it just for you. Yeah. They're making money on, on, on some part of the process, but it's, there's not a conflict of maybe this product is as good for you. Maybe it's not. And and so the internet is definitely a source to look for this, but I think there's there's some key words um, and there's some good, you know, Investopedia has some resources when it comes to looking for the right financial advisor. Uh, there's other sites that you can use out there that can provide you as a resource. But ultimately, just to, I think it's more to look at it, like what to, what you don't want to get caught up in is somebody selling you something that's best for them, not you. And even early on in your life, there, there are advisors out there who are, have a business model to just provide hourly fee and, or a one-time financial plan that would be investing in yourself to make sure you're on that path early on in, in your life. And uh, so what, what we do is we, we like to talk with everybody and provide a solution to everybody we meet with. And we'll, we have a, a network of other advisors who provide different solutions to solve the same problem. Like they just do it a little differently that may be a better fit for them. Uh, so there are solutions out there, but it's just to be aware of, you know, some of the pitfalls that I've seen people make the same mistakes early on in their life. They bought a product that five years later is no longer good, but they can't get out of it because they, they need to because life showed up and they need to sell it. But if they did, it would be very costly to do that. Right, right. And how do people who want to, you know, uh, know more about you guys or to hire you guys or engage with you, uh, how do they do that? What's the best way to do that? Yeah, yeah. AJ, it's uh, thanks for asking my um uh there, there's email there's our, our our website is calamitawealth.com if you visit that you'll see how to set up a call with me there's a link to set up a call in my calendly and uh it's a, a complimentary 30 minute call and that's to go through and just to, just meet you where you are and and I also have an email address, Britton at CalamitaWealth.com. That's B-R-I-T-T-O-N at CalamitaWealth.com. Um, and that's probably the two best, best ways to get in touch with me. Right. My last question to you, Britton, is that you are a wealth advisor. Yeah. And so much of, you know, money matters must be on your head all the time about clients, how to give them the best advice, how to... Uh, lead them the best to your ability at the stage when they are actually so much of, you know, looking at you dependent in a way for on your advice, because that will determine that future. So how do you manage to, you know, do you always think about money, wealth, or is it also you have a, your eyes on, you know, goals of life? How do you manage that part for yourself or is it that you believe just that that money is everything and wealth is everything and that is as long as you have money you won't have a problem or is it that there is something beyond that how do you manage these two parts of your 
one life in the mm. best manner possible because there is so much in the head at the same time. Ah, oh, that's a beautiful question. I it reminds me of of some of the questions I ask my clients of what makes what gives them joy in life. What what's the what's your ideal look like? The ideal day look like? What are three things that make up that ideal day? And I have a, an example of a client. She's she's not married and she's got plenty of money that was saved up. She she retired somewhat early and she moved towards the towards the beach and she she lives off of her social security and pension income and she she doesn't spend any of her, of her, of her money from her investments and and i asked her this that question like what makes up like just name three things that you know we'll call her sally what what make what just name three things sally that that you want to do today in retirement because i was trying to get her to spend some of her money because she just wouldn't do it because she she feels like maybe it's going to run out, but she had plenty. Her day, her day would start out with getting up early and watching the sunrise with a cup of coffee. The second thing would be she would take a long walk with their dog. And she would end her day. There's a, she went also to go on a picnic in the middle of that, but she would end her day you know, being of service to somebody else, like, going to uh, a homeless kitchen and, or, or she had some uh, involvement with her church and that would give her fulfillment and that would make up her ideal day. And so I, I, I say that story, I share that story is because it's important to revisit what really makes us happy and it's not money. And in fact, my experience personally and with others, when we strip down to I mean, you can say the word nothing, but really it's, it's, that's where happiness is, is being happy in the moment and in the present. And that might be, you know, moving to the, the mountains or the beach and, and taking on a new hobby and those experiences and those activities that you're doing with your life, that gives you, gives us joy. And having the the money the wealth part of it the financial wealth taken care of and and managed properly and and so you can sleep well at night is important and so we so you so our clients can enjoy those moments and so we all can experience life continued to into retirement um that has nothing to do with money and so that's that's what that that question reminds me of is 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 going back to the basics of what made us happy as kids and what were the hobbies like inspired by whether it was parents or coaches or, or teams that we or sports that we played on, whether it's cricket or football or basketball, you know, maybe we go back and coach a little league or something like that. And so that's wealth. That's really true wealth when it comes to that. I can't manage that. That's up to, up to others, up to my clients to, 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 to experience it, but I can help guide them in that direction. Um, yeah, thanks for the question, AJ. This has been great. This has been really, really great. I enjoyed it. On this note, it's a wrap on this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live. Thank you so much, AJ.
Thank you.